Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. can't escape them. Some of them we like, some of them we don't like. Some of them bless us, some of them stress us. Some bring out the best in us, and some bring out the worst in us. Some we've had for years and years, some we've had for only days or weeks. Some we want to invest in, and some we want to withdraw from. I'm talking about relationships. Dr. Scott Stixel, Christian clinical psychologist, said, life is relationships, the rest is just details. Life is about relationships. If I were to ask you the question, how are you doing this morning, your answer would probably in some way be connected to the state or condition of your relationships. Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott, a married couple, Christian authors, Les, a clinical psychologist, Leslie, his wife, a marriage and family therapist, recently cited a study that attempted to answer the age-old question, what makes people happy? The answer to the study they cited was the same answer to other multiple studies of research that have happened over the course of the recent years. One in particular was a Harvard study that spanned 75 years, and they asked all of the same question, what makes people happy? And the answer was one of the same across all the studies. The answer is relationships, close relationships. Our lives are lived within the context of relationships. Our lives are influenced by the state or condition of our relationships. Relationship is defined as the state of being connected with people. It's defined as being connected by blood, marriage, or other alliance. Relationship is defined as the way two or more people behave toward each other or work together. Relationship means affection, attachment, community, fellowship, kinship, partnership. Jesus affirmed the importance of relationships years and years ago when the scribe, the teacher of the Old Testament law, asked Jesus the question, what is the greatest commandment in all the law? And Jesus answered, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. 
The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus affirmed the importance of relationships. Jesus identified the three zones of our relationships. The three zones of our relationships, number one, we have a relationship with God. The second zone, we have a relationship with others. And then the third zone is we have a relationship with ourselves. Jesus was clear in his response. Our relationship with God must be first. As our relationship with God goes, so goes our relationships with others. As our relationship with God goes, so goes our relationships with others. A principle, a truth that we're going to refer to often in this series. You'll hear this often over the course of the next weeks and months as we make our way through this series. It's a simple truth. It's actually the rule for our relationships. And it's real simple. It's vertical before horizontal. Vertical before horizontal. Our vertical relationship with God must come before our horizontal relationships with others. Our vertical relationship with God must take priority over our vertical, our horizontal relationships with others. I think to Paul, in his letter to the church in Philippi, there were two ladies, Euodia and Suntuhe, and these ladies were vitally important members of the church in Philippi, and they were also in the middle of a conflict. And the conflict that they had was not only dividing them, but it was dividing the church in Philippi. And Paul wrote to them specifically, and here was his initial challenge, his initial words to those two ladies. He said, agree in the Lord. Agree in the Lord. In other words, ladies, vertical before horizontal. Ladies, prioritize your vertical relationship with God so that you can have horizontal relationships with one another that please God. Vertical before horizontal. We're starting a new series this morning titled The Blessed Mess, Ingredients for Thriving Relationships. Why are we starting a sermon series on relationships? Well, the answer is simple. We need help with our relationships. Paul David Tripp and Timothy S. Lane, pastors and authors, they said this. Uh, they said, we live with the tension between self-protective isolation and the dream for meaningful relationships. While most of us don't tend to live at either of these extremes, we do move in the direction of isolation or immersion in all our relationships. Isolation says, I wanna be safe. Immersion says, I need you in order to live. Our relationships move along the continuum of isolation and immersion. Isolation means pulling away from others. Immersion means holding on too tightly to others. Isolation is not God's plan for our relationships. Immersion is not God's plan for our relationships. We need God's help to 
understand and fulfill God's plan for our relationships. Thankfully, God gives us his help for our lives and relationships in his word. And a good place to start with this series is literally at the start of the scripture. So open your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 1, if you would. We're going to identify several truths this morning from the word of God that will help us to make the most of our relationships, that will help us to have thriving relationships. These truths are going to guide us during our time through this series. And at different points along the way, these truths are going to convict us, they're going to challenge us, they're going to encourage us, they're going to bless us, they're going to help change us in the likeness of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we look in Genesis chapter 1, And the first truth that I want us to identify and talk about for a moment is this. God is a relational God. God's a relational God. We see this from the very start of the scriptures in Genesis chapter 1. God is our almighty, our all-present, our all-knowing, our all-wise, sovereign creator. God spoke creation into existence one day at a time during creation week. And we're going to pick up with that creation week on day six, Genesis chapter one, we'll find ourselves on day six, beginning in verse 26, we read, then God said, let us, say that with me out loud, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image, he created him in the image of God, he created them male and female. At the very beginning here, in verse 26, notice God said, let us, say us, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Us is plural. Us points to the truth that God is a relational God. Us points to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God expressed in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have different roles, yet they live in perfect cooperation and unity. There's perfect cooperation and perfect unity in the Godhead. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 14. If you're taking those, jot down John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. Here's what Jesus said as he spoke about this unity between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Different in roles, perfect in unity. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you, and he will be in you. We see here, Jesus is affirming this reality, Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus, God the Son, told his disciples God the Father would send God the Holy Spirit 
to dwell in them once Jesus, God the Son, accomplished and fulfilled God's plan for his life, for his earthly ministry, which Jesus, God the Son, fulfilled in his death, burial, and resurrection and continued with his ascension to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. There is perfect unity, authority, and submission in our triune God. Later in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for us, for you and for me. John chapter 17, we're in the scriptures. Jesus prayed for us. And what did he pray? He prayed that we would live in unity with one another in the same way God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit live in unity with one another. He prayed for us that we would be one even as he and God the Father are one. He's praying for this unity. The point is clear. The truth is obvious. God is a relational God. Since God is a relational God, and since God created us in his image according to his likeness, we therefore know God created us for relationships. God has created each one of us for relationships. The second truth that we're going to identify this morning, it's vitally important truth, is Jesus makes us right with God. Jesus makes us right with God. If you look in Genesis chapter 1, you're going to find out in chapter 2 that Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God in the Garden of Eden. They had a perfect relationship with God. Adam and Eve turned away from God in sin against God. Their perfect relationship with God was broken by their sin against God. We inherit our sin nature from Adam and Eve. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all missed God's mark of perfection. We've all sinned. We've all said, thought, and done things against God and his word. There's none of us righteous, no, not one. Our sin against God separates us from God, and there is nothing any one of us can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. We are under God's condemnation and wrath. We are on a collision course with hell. The good news of the gospel is God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth to rescue us from our sins, to save us from our sins. Jesus came to earth and he lived a perfect life. He was tempted as you and I are tempted, but Jesus never sinned. Jesus died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary. He took our place and he paid our price for sin. Jesus was buried in the tomb and on the third day, Jesus rose again by the power of God, victorious over sin and death. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus satisfied. He met God's requirement for a perfect and holy sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with the perfect and holy God through the perfect and holy sacrifice of the Son of God, Jesus. 
We, therefore, have the opportunity to receive forgiveness of our sins. We have the opportunity to escape God's condemnation and wrath. We have the opportunity to enter into a relationship with God by God's grace alone, through our faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. We have the opportunity, based on the good news of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, to repent from our sins. That means to turn from living our way and to turn to live God's way in humility and dependence upon him. We confess our sins to God and we receive his gift of salvation by placing our faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus is the only way for us to get to God. There is no other way for us to get to God. Jesus makes us right with God. We have new life, abundant life, eternal life with God by faith in Jesus. Give the Lord Jesus a hand. Give him a hand. We have this new life, new life with God in Jesus. Jesus makes us right with God. Jesus makes us right with one another. He makes us right with one another. You see, when God saved us by his grace through our faith in Jesus, he placed us in God's family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God, follow me now, created Adam and Eve to have a relationship with him first and with one another second. God created you and me to have a relationship with him first and one another second. This affirms the rule for our relationships from the word of God, vertical before horizontal. Our vertical relationship with God must take priority over our horizontal relationships with others. When we prioritize our vertical relationship with God, our horizontal relationships thrive the way God desires. Now understand, and we're going to explore this more through the series. When we flip this priority, we invite trouble into our relationships. When we flip this priority, when we put horizontal before vertical, we invite trouble into our relationships. When we flip this priority, we are in charge of us, not God. When we flip this priority, we pursue our desires, wants, wishes, and will, not God's. Listen, when we flip this priority, we ask, we demand our relationships to give us what only God can give us. We sit on the throne of our lives when we flip this priority. We're in charge in every one of our relationships, therefore falls into the same pattern. They must meet our needs. They must fulfill us. They must operate the way we want, when we want, how we want, with who we want. And what happens is when we flip this priority, we begin asking our horizontal relationships with others to give us what only our vertical relationship with God can give us. Therefore, when we flip this priority our relationships break down. They break down. And they begin to disintegrate. They begin to produce pain and hurt and insecurity. 
doubt in our relationships. So God is a relational God, and Jesus makes us right with God. And we must understand and realize the rule of our relationships is a vertical before horizontal. The third truth that we see here clearly with Adam and Eve, and we see throughout the Scriptures and we see in our own lives, is we are a work in progress. We are a work in progress. The model for our relationships, if you want to know what the model for our relationships is today, the model for our relationships is a relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Perfect unity, perfect authority, perfect submission, perfect cooperation, perfect diversity on display. The problem is we have a problem called sin. We see this in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. And we see this in our lives as well. Listen, Adam and Eve sinned against God. Sin breaks our relationship with God. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. We see this with Adam and Eve. Sin gets in the way of our relationship with God and one another. Adam and Eve sinned against God. They ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And their sin and disobedience against God immediately, what? Broke their relationship with God. It broke their fellowship with God. It instituted separation between them and God. It led to them hiding from God. That sin led to accusation, led to blame, led to anger, led to rage, and ultimately it led to murder as their son Cain murdered their son Abel. Sin gets in the way of our relationship with God and one another. Listen, though we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, which was point two, and we know we are, though we are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we still battle with the sinful desires in our flesh. This is why Paul said, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. Paul said, the flesh desires what is opposed to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is opposed to the flesh. They're at war with one another. There is that spiritual tug of war that we talk about that rages on inside of us day after day after day. And we see this, and we know this. Paul understood this personally. Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't. What a wretched man I am. Peter understood this. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, Dear friends, as strangers and exiles, abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. The sinful desires of our flesh are in constant war against the presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God who lives within us as followers of Jesus Christ. That tug of war goes on within us. And that sin in our lives gets in the way of God's work in and through and around us. And so we understand this. We must understand this because it has great consequences to our relationships. And so the rule for our relationships is vertical before horizontal. But what we need to do secondly now is we need to grasp the reality of our relationships. We know the rule, now the reality of our relationships. And the reality of our relationships is simple. 
We are broken people in relationship with broken people. We are a mess in relationship with people who are a mess. If we're going to have thriving relationships, the vertical has to come before the horizontal. If we're going to have thriving relationships, we must understand and grasp we are broken people in relationship with broken people. We need, therefore, to give and receive encouragement. We need to give and receive forgiveness. We need to give and receive grace. We need to give and receive kindness. We need to give and receive gentleness. We need to give and receive love. We need to give and receive mercy. We need to give and receive patience. We need to give and receive understanding. You see, we are a work in progress spiritually. Every one of us is a work in progress spiritually. And now listen to me. God uses our brokenness and our messy relationships to remind us of our desperate need for him. God uses our brokenness and our messy relationships to remind us he must be first. His relationship, our vertical must be first so that our horizontal will stay where they're supposed to stay. You see, when we grasp the reality of our brokenness, we will run to the Father in humility. We will fall on our face before him. We will focus our attention to him and we will beg for his help, for his forgiveness, for his strength, for his mercy long before we ever look at those we're in relationship with. But when we lose sight of our brokenness and we focus only on the brokenness of others, we don't fall on our face before the Lord. We go after the broken person that we're in relationship with. And we continue the cycle of brokenness. And we continue the cycle of asking and demanding that individual to meet our needs in a way that only God can. And so we must understand we are a work in progress spiritually. Listen, when I'm aware of my brokenness, I'm going to have a whole lot more grace for the brokenness of others. When I'm aware of my brokenness, I'm going to have a whole lot more love for the brokenness in others. When I'm aware of my brokenness, I'm going to have a whole lot more patience with the brokenness in others. See, what our enemy does is he deceptively flips our focus, the horizontal before the vertical, because he knows that is only going to lead to destruction. You see, when we understand that we're a work in progress spiritually, when we look to God first and foremost, because he's the one at work in us, and then he fills us what we need to pour into those 
close to us. You see, I am the constant in all my relationships. You are the constant in all your relationships. All your different relationships, all my different relationships, I'm in every one of them. And you're in every one of them. My role, my job is not to change others. Your role and your job is not to change others. That's God's business. That's not our business. Our business is to surrender ourselves to God each day as he changes us. And as he continues changing us, what happens is amazing. He then uses us to bless and help and love one another. And it allows our relationships to thrive because they operate according to God's plan for our relationships. So we know that God is a relational God. Jesus makes us right with God. That's the first and foremost relationship. We're all a work in progress. The fourth principle, the fourth truth, is that there is help available for us. There is help available for us. I love what the psalmist said. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord. Say that with me out loud. My help comes from the Lord. One more time. My help comes from the Lord. God's grace is sufficient for you and for me. His power is perfected in our weakness. Help is available for us. Help is available for our relationships. We know in three specific ways, God has placed his spirit in us. That's where we receive help. God's placed his spirit in us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus told us, is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit helps us to resist the lies, accusations, temptations, and doubts of our enemy, Satan. The Holy Spirit reminds us our battle is against, not against flesh and blood, but against Satan. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our convictor, our encourager, our guide, our teacher. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's truth, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to put God's truth into action in our lives and in our relationships. There's help available for you and me. God has placed his spirit in us. Secondly, God has placed his word before us. There's help for you and me because God's word is before us. We are able to study the whole canon, the whole counsel of the word of God. God's word teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us, and trains us in righteousness so that each one of us will be mature, complete, ready, and able to do all that God wants us to do in regards to our relationships, in regards to our own lives, and to be who God wants us to be. God's word teaches us how to have thriving relationships. The spirit empowers us to apply the word of God. The word of God teaches us how to have those thriving relationships. And then we know the third form of help that God has given us is God has placed his people around us. Listen, Adam needed companionship and community. And so God created Eve for Adam. We need companionship and community. So when God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he placed us in his family. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And each one of us has an important role to play in relation to the family of God, in relation to our relationships, because we are involved in relationships with one another. 
We are called to carry one another's burdens. We're called to encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of us is hardened by sin's deception. We're called to forgive one another as we have been forgiven by God in Christ Jesus. We are called to show grace to one another. We are called to love one another as Christ loves us. We are called to pray with one another. We are called to pray for one another. We're called to serve one another in love. We're called to fulfill all the one another commands in the New Testament in God's strength for God's glory. God's help is available for us and God's help is available for our relationships. We can praise God for his help for our relationships. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing to praise God for his help for us in our relationships. Praise God, he is at work in us. Praise God, he knows what's best for us. Praise God, he wants what's best for us. Praise God, he does what's best for us. Praise God, he never fails us. Praise God, he never forgets us. Praise God, he will never give up on us. Praise God, he answers our prayers. Praise God, he meets our needs. Praise God, he knows how to heal broken people. Praise God, he knows how to mend broken relationships. Praise God, he knows my name and he knows your name. Praise God, he walks with us and he talks with us and he tells us we are his own. Praise God, he is at work in us in our relationships. Praise God, he knows what's best for us in our relationships. Praise God, he blesses us in our relationships. God's amazing deliverance forgiving, freeing, loving, rescuing, saving grace is more than enough for us. And it's more than enough for our relationships. The truth of the matter is, I cannot make my relationships thrive. And you can't make your relationships thrive either. I don't have the ability, I don't have the skill, I don't have the wisdom for thriving relationships, to make those happen, and, and neither do you. But our awesome God gives us his grace, his loving and rescuing grace, his enabling and empowering grace on a day-by-day -day basis, every moment of our day, every step of our way, he pours his grace into us, which allows us to have thriving relationships. God uses our brokenness in our messy relationships to remind us of our desperate need to him, to remind us to humble ourselves before him, to remind us to draw near to him, to remind us to offer our bodies to him as living sacrifices, to remind us to yield ourselves, to surrender ourselves to him so that he can have his way in us and then he can have his way through us. He blesses us and he blesses 
our relationships. And he and he alone makes us and our relationships thrive. Fueled by his amazing grace to us in Christ Jesus. So let's turn to God this morning. Let's talk with God. Let's trust in God, fresh and new, this morning. And I really want to challenge us in these moments. Let's thank God for our relationships. Whatever the state, whatever the condition. If you came in here and your relationships are broken, if you came in here hurting, with great pain and sorrow because the most important relationship in your life right now is in conflict. It is on the verge of complete breakdown. It is on the verge of being over. What I'm gonna challenge you to do, if you came in here this morning and your relationships are pinging at a 10 out of 10, and whatever place and whatever stage in between those parameters, I'm gonna encourage you, thank God today for your relationships. Thank him. Because no matter the state or condition of your relationships, God has given them to you. And God is using them to remind you this morning, in these minutes, of your desperate need for Him. Draw near to Him. He will draw near to you. And He will bless and empower you to be a blessing to all those in your relationships. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our prayer partners are going to be standing here at the front. We are renewing our prayer partner ministry, and so we're going to have couples here standing at the front, men and women who are ready to pray. And I want to challenge you in this series, and, and we can start even now. In this series, we're going to be doing a lot of praying talking about relationships, and that, that speaks prayer to me. We need to pray with one another. We need to pray for one another. Relationships come with all kinds of emotions and challenges and difficulties and joys and highs and lows. And so sometimes there's going to be prayer that needs to happen uh, for yourself. Sometimes it's going to need to be for others. Sometimes it's going to be praise and thank God because of the mountaintop you're on. Sometimes it's going to be begging God for help and strength and understanding and wisdom because of the depths of discouragement that you or your relationships may be in. God hears and answers our prayers. His eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cries for help. So these brothers and sisters are here to help, stand to pray, to bless you, to encourage you. Maybe God's calling you to just go to a brother or sister in Christ here and to minister to them, to encourage them. You know that there's some circumstances they're going through that's difficult, a challenge. Hey, that's part of having thriving relationships. Go and be a minister to them. God may have identified to you that there may be a relationship in here or in your life at some point where the horizontal has taken precedence over the vertical and you're experiencing a breakdown in that relationship because of that fact. And what God's gonna call you to do is to go and reconcile, be reconciled to your brother or sister. Go to them, confess your sin. Confess how you have put the horizontal 
before the vertical, how you've expected of them what only God can provide for you. Ask for their forgiveness and stand in awe as Almighty God begins his healing work in your relationships. Listen, the gospel has been shared this morning. If you have yet to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then why not today, why not here, why not right now? Uh, Our prayer partners would love to introduce you to Jesus as well. You may have come into this worship center separated from God because of your sin against God, but I can tell you right now, you can leave this worship center in a relationship with God. For today, for tomorrow, forever. By God's grace, through your response of faith in Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection, which opens the way for you to enjoy a relationship with him. We're going to worship the Lord through song. We're also going to worship the Lord through our response of obedience, through our worship of, of prayer and encouragement with one another. Let's stand together and let's say yes to the Lord.